never painted a mural before. Didn't tell them that, but I was like, oh, probably, and I did, and it turned out great. I believe there's so much we can learn and enjoy from a great conversation. Join me on my journey that I like to say is fueled by tea and powered by curiosity. My journey so far has included talking with a British inspired homewares designer to a head pastry chef learning about the story behind his world famous afternoon tea, as well as a couple who have brought their shared passion to life at the laundry garden. Each guest has a very unique story to share and their love of what they do is uplifting and a pleasure to be able to learn more about. I'm your host, Jade Johnson. Let's put the kettle on, get the biggies out and jump straight in. When you take the subjects that you love and the artistic skills that you've made your own and share them in a way that helps others discover, learn and enjoy their favourite things, a beautiful blend has surely occurred. That's exactly what today's guest has been able to do. With a design thumbprint that is so uniquely hers, Sierra has created a collection of illustrated maps that are in equal parts beautiful and useful to illuminate her favourite things in and around London. Whether you have a sweet tooth for afternoon teas or enjoying the best food hotspots, bike rides through Hampstead Heath like a scene from your favourite movie, or making the seasonal delights in England's capital, Sierra has thought of it all. From collaborations with Peggy Portion, Luminary Bakery and London is Pink, to her brand new spanking book titled London Block by Block, she is a creative businesswoman who is making waves in the city and beyond. It's a dream to be able to chat with her today. It's of course Sierra Block, founder of London Block by Block. Hello and welcome Sierra. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you, lovely lady. I can't wait to get stuck into this conversation and to see see where we end up. So I'm going to jump straight in because I painted a little bit of a picture there, but it doesn't even it doesn't really even touch on it because there's, there's so many things that you've you've done within this little start point that was a maternity project. I've I've read, and you can fill me in a bit more on that. But let's jump right back to the like where did your love of maps come from? I always, like, I enjoy traveling, enjoy maps. I'm a huge planner. So when we go on a trip, I love planning out and researching what to do, what to see. Um, and my parents, when we were younger, would always take us traveling. We would um, travel a lot around the US. And after my partner and I moved to London, we've traveled all around Europe and um, it's been amazing. But this maps weren't a huge thing until um kind of the idea that sparked this is my brother and I were in Paris I can't remember how many years ago <laughs> and we decided we were like oh we want to go like let's just stop at every bakery we pass and try like a croissant or a pain au chocolat and then we were calling it like a pastry safari as we're going around the city <laughs> trying all these different pasties we're like going on our pastry safari terrible mission that and must it, have been <laughs> oh, Right, <laughs> I think this is something that a lot of people could relate to. You want to try the best things in your neighborhood going around. And it, it was kind of an idea that stuck with me. And especially after moving to London, we've had a, it turns out if you live in a big city, people will just come and visit you. People, yes. I've had visits, which is amazing. I have quite a large family, um, extended family, not mm. immediate family. And I've had all my, like, so many cousins and aunts and uncles and people come visit and every, and friends as well. And when people come to visit, they're like, what should we do? What should we do in London? And I'm like, it really depends. That's such really? a loaded question. It is. And so this kind of started by like, okay, well, I'll just like make a map of like the best like desserts. Cause people are usually like, well, we just want to like 
grab a dessert or something, something that's like not super expensive, you know? And then it kind of just snowballed from there, this idea, but it, it was really triggered from pastry safari in Paris and, oh, I should make something like that for London. So when people can visit, it's like, oh, here are the places you need to try. See, that's just brilliant, isn't it? It's something, it, it's so, um, it's, it's such a throwback to something that you've done yourself. It's really, that then you've pulled that back out, I presume, once you were on maternity leave, you thought, okay, well, you know, how did that transpire? Exactly. <laughs> well, I knew, so for, first of all, getting a year of mat leave, even though in Europe, that's like, oh, a year's not very much. And for me, growing up in the US, the idea of having a year of maternity leave, I was like, this is amazing. I will have a year <laughs> off of work. And I can just like do a passion project, do something that I wouldn't have time to do, you know, in the confines of a day. And with a newborn, it's such a weird time where you are so busy, but you mm. also have so much time. Like you're, it's exhausting, but like, I still felt like I needed to have a project, have something to do. Yes. Um, and so I was like, I had this, you know, this idea for making these maps and my partner was like, yeah, you should do something like just start it. And so I, kind of had this idea for like a whole like blog. I'm like, oh, I'll start like a blog so people could like find it and make it useful. And I was, he was like, well, how are you going to like illustrate and draw them? And, you know, holding a newborn, I was like, well, I'll do it digitally. I don't want to be buying all these art supplies. And I had, to be fair, I had never done digital art before. Right. Okay. Because that was, I was something I wanted to lead into. So that's brilliant. So that's yeah. really, it all started at the same point then really for you, this bit. It, it all started at the same point. We bought, I didn't even have an iPad at the time. I had my, my laptop. And so I got a 80 pound Wacom tablet and learned and a Wacom tablet, you, it's like a trackpad. So it, it's very, it picks up a lot, but you don't, it's not like an iPad. You're not drawing on the screen. And so it's very, uh, there's a high learning curve to figuring out how to actually draw and do that because it's not so intuitive, but I figured it out pretty quickly and I could actually sit and draw and I could you know my daughter couldn't get into things while I was doing yeah. it and so mm. um it, that's that's how it started and then after things kind of started picking up for the business um we decided to invest in an iPad Pro and get the pencil and it that absolutely changed things made it so much quicker made it so much easier and then using those programs to um, that with the iPad, it just it 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 was a game changer, and it made it so much easier. Yeah, because so then that's um that's a technical hurdle that you've sort of jumped over there. Then because you've gone from um, let's call it a more rudimental version at the start to then something that's a lot more pro. Yeah, and I think also to say like I've actually you you kind of you know touched on this before, but I'm I've actually never taken an art class in my entire life. Like yeah, which I, I can't believe it's amazing. <laughs> I'm not even not even like a high school like drawing class like not or no. at university nothing like all of my creative classes were more like I did ballet I did dance um and then you know because you have to do you know you have to get like art arts credits or whatever but I I never did drawing um and my but I've always but I've always been creative like I've always loved crafting and being creative mm. and that is like I, th I thrive as a mother if my daughter's like let's do something with play-doh or let's do a painting I'm like I'm on it yeah <laughs> I, I have no doubt about that you'd be the mum that can make a motorbike out of a cardboard box I've got no issue with that at all I, I think you do wonderful and it, it, but it's just it really is refreshing to hear that because it's, it's quite it's quite unique and I mean I've I have read that about you but that's something I just really wanted to delve into more because I think it's it's a fascinating that 
A, there's this really significant moment in your life, which I think becoming a mum really is, because it does give you that, um, uh, for, it's a hiatus from what has been before, if nothing else. You, you, things have completely exactly. changed, haven't they? And then it's you've taken that, you've sort of set yourself this challenge of learning these new skills and, and putting them to work to something as a project, really, I presume at the beginning, certainly um, you can't possibly have forecasted that it was going to 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 be so probably loved as what it is now um and it is truly loved which is amazing and then it's to know that you've you've really just upskilled yourself basically Sarah I think it's just a lovely story and it's it's really nice to know that that's how it's that it's come about you know so organically yeah and I think it is like I mean initially my plan was to go back to work I worked as a in clinical trials um helping I like helped run phase one oncology clinical trials and the plan was to go back but after things so quickly started snowballing and I said oh this is actually I can make a business out of this you know it's that that opportunity was just so appealing. I bet being your own commander of time and you know and again another useful thing to have if you're a mum isn't it (laughs) to have that have that time back because we we should say here for people who are um, maybe not aware Miss Sierra um, you know you really have got a path you know so correct me if I'm wrong here I'm going to try and get this right but you you have an undergraduate degree in astrophysics and then you went to take a degree you have a graduate degree in medical physics and biomechanical engineering yeah, biomedical engineering. Biomed- right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sort of yeah. sitting here going. I, I was. I was it's reading such it. I, it, is, well, it is. And so you can see, I did not pass the grade with regards to taking on that degree because I struggle at the very uh, aspect of trying to say it, let alone do it. Um, but it just seems like you know when you read that, and then I look at what you've you've done. It's not that the two things can't go together. It's just that you don't expect them to go together. And then you, you know, it's, it's just such a wonderful backstory that then that was what you were doing. Doing before that's obviously something you've trained really very very intensively hard I'm sure to do and then this has become the the passion project that sort of leapfrogged it all yeah I think that I don't know I think I and I still I still love physics I still love astrophysics medical physics eh, it's fine <laughs> um but I still like I still love that wonder of like exploration and you know I think it's it's amazing um but in I lots of ways, just, that's mimicked in in a far more um, uh, what was I going to say everyday sense in what you've already done. You know that wondering and that curiosity that you have that was obviously applied to the certainly I should imagine the astrophysics. You've then brought that back to the the curiosity and and trying to put that practical element down on paper that allows you to explore your surrounding which you obviously have done so incredibly well since you've been I think it's such a lovely way that you've integrated yourself into London obviously not being born there um you you've really allowed yourself to explore through this medium for yourself and then like you said for all the extended family and friends who have come to visit I'm sure they've had an absolute ball exploring I think you're absolutely right though yeah it is it is this um it's 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 linked it's it's different but it's linked but I think that people have so many different passions and interests and just because you've trained to do one thing doesn't mean you can't pivot and, and do something else and it doesn't mean um, you know, nobody in my family has ever said to me, including my partner, oh, well, why aren't you using your degree? Why aren't you, do-? you know, they're like, oh, you, you built something. This is really cool. Um, 
And so I've had nothing but support as well. Total support. And I, and it's so true. I, I couldn't agree with you more about what you just said there about, you know, you can have, there are so many layers to humans. I think that's why I enjoy, I enjoy this so much, getting to speak to other people that and, and share their story. Because really all it's doing is illuminating that very fact that actually there are, I always reference Shrek, but there are so many layers to the onion of the individual person. Um, yeah. Anybody who's watched Shrek more than once will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and and nobody has a linear path where it's like, well, I did this and then this and then this and then like with like straight progressions. Um, I think everyone has things that happen in life and things that change. And my husband was the same with his job. He worked in one thing. He was like, I want to do something else. Went and did another degree and, you know, changed and now did something different. And, and I think that is, I think also in the pandemic, a lot of people did that. People had a lot of people were furloughed or had time off or were working from home where before they'd been commuting every day and people reassessed. So there was a lot of reassessing that people were able to do. And I think what I had when I was on mat leave and what people have had generally now is time to sit and look at your life instead of like living just day to day. And I think that's allowed for a lot of creativity to to happen oh I couldn't agree with you more absolutely and it's it's funny to see what people have when I say funny very interesting to see how people have pivoted or they really have taken stock like you said during that time and gone actually you know what I why not have a crack at something different you know or, or something that actually might you know tickle my fancy more than what I'm doing at the moment you know and have a go at it which is it's brave but at the same time it's um that's what we're all here for isn't it you know and find a way to exactly. share things that we enjoy one of one of the things that like when I started like I definitely and I still do have like this like imposter syndrome but one of the things I told myself when I started when people started reaching out and companies started reaching out asking for commissions and things like I just started saying yes to everything and I think growth in a business comes from being uncomfortable so I said yes to things that I'm like I probably can figure out how to do this I can probably learn how to do this or and just challenge myself it wasn't just like easy peasy the whole way through it's like you know definitely like I had someone reach out and say can you can you paint a mural and I was like probably can figure out like never painted a mural before didn't tell them that but I was like "Uh, probably and I did and it turned out great there you go and it's what I love about that is the the can do attitude say yes figure it out later because that's the only way that things move forward um and and you can actually take steps and into coming into something new for yourself i mean if we keep saying no i've never done that before well we'd all end up doing nothing new Firstly, is there a favourite map that you've done? Is there something that you can say, okay, and in which case, you know, why? Because you've done so many, and I, I guess it's like picking the children, how you know, to pick a favourite map. But... I don't. Well, I only have one child, so I Good. do have a favourite child. <laughs> That's <laughs> easy. easy. for right now. Um, I would say, okay, so for when I started, I just made maps that, like, I kind of wanted to create, and then I felt like, oh, so all the maps are maps I've wanted to create. Um, but some of them are definitely more like passion ones. Um, mm. I'd say my suffragette map, which is not super popular, but like I love it. And I think I, I love the ones that kind of tell like the history of London. Yes. I love my literary, my literary London map because I love walking around and seeing like these blue plaques in London and being like, oh, George Orwell lived here, or this is where Daphne du Maurier lived, or, you know, you have like... Touch points. Yeah, there's so much history and saying, oh, like these people walked these streets. So I think those are two of my favorites. And here's what I will say. I do a yearly calendar that I sell on my website in October. My birthday's actually next week. 
Oh, I always put my favorite map of the year in October. So, <laughs> well, there we go. We need to go back historically and look at what's been uh, occurring in October to know what your true favorites are. I just switched over my calendar, and it's uh, well, London in autumn is this oh, yes. this month. This, this I guess last year's favorite calendar because it's like you have to, you know they've done the year before, but next year october because i just did my calendar it's scientific london so oh, love well, that there's so much right. science we got it yes. <laughs> we got it. Uh, yes oh yeah absolutely that's gotta that's gotta be right up your alley as well and i just i love that that because that's that's a little cheeky insider tip from the person you know because everybody's got to have their own little bit that they've snuck in somewhere and i think that's brilliant that that's yours that your <laughs> birthday is well your birthday month is uh is, is sort of the top of the everest really <laughs> So is it possible, Miss Sierra, to, to illuminate for me some of the thought process about what you think should be included in each map that you create, you know, given the different topics that you touch on, maybe some of the in- inclusions that are always important to you and, and just how you sort of pull that together, really? I think people, they want to feel like their friend recommended something to them, you know, mm. like that it, you want to go to the place that the person you know is recommended. And so I, I do take stock and do try to recommend things that have that are that are good and that people will always have a good experience. 100%. It's, it's really what it is, is I think it's the best possible jumping off point or starting point for saying, okay, first of all, we as humans tend to only when we go on holiday sometimes or, or when we're traveling, do we actually sit back and go, well, what do I actually enjoy and what am I hoping to find in here? Particularly something like London, I think lots of people have, you know, it's an incredibly um, well-known city in the sense that it's it's always current and it's always popping up for either in a movie or pop culture. It, it runs the show. You know, people have got these maybe preconceived ideas of what they would love to do in London. And I think it's getting giving them the exactly. opportunity to go, actually, you know what, if you're a real foodie, maybe it's not Buckingham Palace that you want to go to first. Maybe you want to go have a day of, of you know, great food hotspots. Like, I, I, don't, I think it's really beautiful that you give people the opportunity to sit back and say, what's going to make me feel like I've got the most? out of my time here definitely everyone everyone has different travel styles and to say okay well if you come to london you need to go to buckingham palace you need to go to the tower of london you need to go to all of these museums it's like not everyone likes going to museums i mean i love going to a museum but i i I can appreciate that not everyone likes doing that or like going to i love going to churches um not everyone likes doing that and i think that is you i think people should take stock and don't feel like you have to do certain things when you're visiting um a city and i think that you're at, you had to hit the nail on the head it, it, it allows people to, to to travel in a way that works for them and it just reminds me i have um a follower who i'm like instagram friends with now and she yes. she's a teacher and she this was years ago i had done this um london bookstores map and she was coming she loves london she came to london and she's like i just went to all the bookstores and she's like i She's like, best trip I've had. And she's like, the thing I loved about it is she's like, I got to go to all these different areas that I would not have gone to. They're not, they're these like neighborhoods. And she's like, she's like, I felt like I got to really see London. Yes. Um, Because that's how, and I was like, what a brilliant idea. I want to go on vacation sometime and just go to bookstores, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, really. Absolutely. And you just make it feel like you've, you've actually submerged yourself in it and, and and experienced really what's on offer. Um, And it is, it is very difficult if you don't know the place. I think that's where what you do is so valuable because actually, if you don't know it, how are you meant to know that there are all these gorgeous little 
you know, on this back street, there exactly. is a bakery that you're going to die for. Like you, you wouldn't know. You would have no idea. That brings me. I have to. I have to launch into this this concept now. You you have just yourself okay. launched your brand spanking new book, as I say, because I think it's just it's fresh off the press, as they say. We're a few weeks in. Um. So first of two, all, congratulations. Yes. Yeah, ah, so so new. It's amazing, and I like I said, I cannot wait for my copy to get here. So that really is. Um. That's an amalgamation, so to speak. Of, of a lot of creative thoughts that you've managed to break down and I'm sure lots of people have asked you lots of questions about the book um, and I know that it's it certainly um, if people are curious you've, you've done a wonderful thing on Instagram where you've you've shared the a little insight which I think is gorgeous on the stories into the process that you went through you know the back and yeah. forth with your agent in the putting together something in which to to show um you know possible uh, publications and I just think you've mastered that of being able to share that little bit of insight but something I was really curious about when I had a look at uh just on your website of just what what was inside were the chapters and then how you've curated it from that point because I cannot imagine that's a very easy task Miss Sierra to sit there and say right first of all what are the chapters and how do I put what I've already done and what I want to do into this into this format so if you could just share some of that that would be amazing I I would be happy to share some insights so I uh first and foremost I have a really really great literary agent she slid into my dms um just before the pandemic and she was like hey i live in london but like i love your maps she's like grew up here but like there's things for me to explore new and i'm just so excited about this she's like i think this could be a great book can i be your agent and i was like well okay book sounds like you know this is me saying yes to everything right yes (laughs) and she really 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 helped um pose questions and you know she had has so much experience in the literary world and so she really helped talk through we had lots of meetings talking through together how do we how how do i envision this how and she really helped me shape and mold uh you know how uh, something and the the book as it is 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 very very similar to how we pitched it initially so this was from the very beginning we kind of we looked at all the maps and realized okay they kind of fall into four buckets there's there's food there's local areas, there's interests, and interests mm. are like what people's different interests are. It's like the colorful houses or the suffragettes or the museums mm. or Royal London. It's kind of our own personal interests and then seasonal. And so we kind of put them into those four buckets. And then from there, um, you know, I just put all of the maps I had done into those four different things. And then it was really um decided them by the publisher how long the book was going to be, how many pages, and then that prescribed how many maps. So there's 40 maps in the book, about 10 per section. Um, some have a little bit more, some have a little bit less. Yes, yeah. But that was, um, and that's kind of the analytical side of things, just like looking at how can we organize this even more so that people can use it. And I think, I actually really love how it's organized because it's so user-friendly to be like, okay, food, what food do I want? Or, oh, mm. area, what area do I want to explore? Or, okay, this is the season, so looking through there, or these are the things I'm interested in. So it really makes sense. And the great thing is we actually, I'm actually writing a second book. Ooh. And fingers crossed I can write more. So it's it's a, it's a great formula that we've already like set up for it. Mm. Um, and it's something that can be replicated for different cities very easily because it's like, okay, well, here's, there'll be 10 food things and 10. And I think also it's not overwhelming. Like I read yeah, so no. many, I, I love travel, travel books. I buy them all the time. 
like even yes. for London I like if I see one I don't have I'm like oh another London travel like I will just buy it um <laughs> and I think like maybe there's something and I usually learn something like oh I didn't know that or that's you know so interesting and so I think um it's a lot of information but it's also bite-sized so it's not overwhelming but mm -hmm. it's also they're not essays on why you need to visit this cafe or go to this afternoon tea it's like read read what I've, I've written and then pick what works best for you i've got it coming to me because it looks like fun as well as informative you know and i think that's an incredible balance exactly. to grab with you saying like having um you know not, obviously not living in the uk anymore but like a lot of people who've bought my book have never been to london or mm. lived here for a while and then have moved back to the us but and you know maybe don't have plans to return but it's just like when you visit london it like i don't know i feel like you can't come to London and not just love parts of it it's it it really is just such a wonderful city you could argue as well there's a there's a nostalgia to it as well nostalgia I should Definitely. say yeah that's a great way to describe it I just think that that's what you know people like you know if you if you're someone like me I, I really like um I call them tea table books because I don't drink coffee. But if you have a coffee table book, you know, something that you leave out that you go, right, when I get those 30 seconds to myself, I'm going to pick it up and have a flick through or I'm going to have it with a yeah. You could do both. You could read it from one end of the book to the other or you could pick it up and open it up to whichever page it opens on and it would flood back all these things for you if it's from a point of nostalgia. Even, I think you can have nostalgia for London or anywhere that you feel um, particularly connected to. It might just be because someone's favourite, like, you know, favourite author was originally from London. There's no rationale as to why people have got to love it. But I agree with you. Plenty of people do love London. There's no there's no arguments about that. And so then you've you've talked about the which is so exciting. I, mean, I can't wait. I shall be like everyone else. I should just be watching um, with keen eyes to see what this this second book and second project is. But when doing this book, Sierra, did it did it open up um, any new areas of creativity or any new aspects that you? you thought to yourself, actually, I really love that, or that's something I've really enjoyed that I didn't even know was going to be coming my way because of this. Okay, so when you um, sent over the questions before, I kind of laughed when <laughs> when I read that, because I found it actually very, very, very stressful to write the book, because I, you can't just like, yes, we got a deal, yes, I got an advance on the book, but publishing, like, books aren't necessarily money makers. So I was still running my business, still doing my shop still doing commissions still doing all of these things to keep you know the business going making yeah. money mm. yeah keep the business going and so i was slotting in doing this book in on top of all of that and i found it it was because it's something we hadn't done before and so i was actually just very much i felt not over not overwhelmed but i just felt very stressed mm. most of the time doing it so i wasn't feeling necessarily overly creative and I actually um I had the book was submitted at the beginning of this year and two months before it was due I actually fell on my bike and broke my hand my oh. right hand oh, and yeah. I had oh. and I had and I still had maps to illustrate and things to do and I was like well I'm not I'm I'm, not, I'm gonna miss my deadline I'm not gonna be able to do this and then like I had my cast on and I was like I can still draw I just have to take <laughs> breaks every 30 minutes to like elevate my hand so like it won't get too swollen um that's incredible so that was like that was the icing on the stress cake. Yes, um, I should imagine um, it was. <laughs> but it it was a 
it felt like a big accomplishment when I finished it. Like I felt mm. like, oh, this is, but it was, it reminded me of the stress of when I was writing my um, like master's thesis. I was like, oh, right. I remember being really stressed and just like sick and like needing to get this done. But I wish it had been this beautiful creative process where yeah. I was just felt at my end. And, but it was well, definitely not that. To that end, it answers my question really, doesn't it? In, in the sense that nothing, nothing uh, maybe new popped up from it apart from that, you know, as soon as as soon as you'd finished it it does it does feel like a, a wonderful accomplishment that you're you're actually going back yeah. in for again you know so we'll, we'll say that it didn't deter you from from it it's it did just, not deter me and I'm excited no. and I'm excited to do more it's one of those things I'm like okay I've learned a lot this is how I'm going to yeah. do things differently and I will say when I got my like advanced copy of the book I literally like just carried it around with me everywhere and I was like oh have you seen my advanced copy of my book and I'm like showing it to people (laughs) but that's pride and I think to myself if you can't be proud of something that you have you've poured yourself into on top of the other things that you're already pouring yourself into and I think that's that's like you said and I'm really pleased that you mentioned that because it's not like you're you're sat there, you know, on somewhere beautiful, just saying to yourself, right, I've got all day to create, you know, one little piece of this one little map that I'm doing. And, um, you know, tea's going to be coming or coffee's going to be coming my way every 30 minutes. It's just, it's not how it's happened. Obviously, you're running a business, you're a mum, you're a wife, you've got things going on that are outside of what you're doing. Um, So no, I think that's really refreshing to see it from that point of view anyway. And I think if you, if you can't be honest about it with yourself, then you can't really enjoy what it has actually given you at the end of the day and also I would I would do it I would do it over again in a heartbeat it wasn't that it was a it was not a deterrent it was just like a okay it's a self-awareness if nothing else I'm not going to, I hope I'm not preempting anything here about the second book, but I'm, I'm curious because this is a bit of fun now because I think it, it, you have to ask these fun questions to get the insight yeah. to the person. But if I could give you a ticket, Miss Sierra, to go anywhere in the world to, to sit and study it or to enjoy it, maybe not sit because that's not really your, uh, your penchant, so you like to get in amongst it. But if you could go anywhere in the world and then consequently um, create a map for that particular place or area, is there somewhere that straight off the back you're like yeah I would be going here so I have okay so I love cities and love like the chaos and the like just the vibe of cities but when it really comes to it and I can like if I can pick a holiday that's just like what I would love to do I love going to remote places and this brings me back to my like my love my astrophysics degree and everything Mm. so I love going to places that are dark that are remote, that are cold. Um, <laughs> you can see the night sky. I'm not a beach person. So places that we haven't been that I really want to go, um, like Patagonia, really high on the list. And do some hiking. I love hiking. Grew up in the mountains. Really miss hiking. Really miss being outdoors in nature. Um, and then I really, at some point, I really want to go to Svalbard, which is in uh, Norway, which is like, it's like in the Arctic Circle, super remote. Um, and I think, but these are places that aren't like necessarily easy to get to, aren't cheap from London. You kind of have to really no. plan them out. No, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I love like just being in remote places. I live in a city. When I when I go on vacation, I want to not be in a city. I love that it ties back into the to the night sky for you as well. And I did want to touch on you with you with one specific map because um, it's actually. I guess in some ways it's the first point of contact that I had with you. It's it's sort of the thing that connected the dots. So I always like to touch on how I ended up uh, at people. But uh, you did um, an afternoon tease 
in London map, um, which I just I'm complete fan of. I think it's just yeah. unbelievably stunning. It's uh, because it, it really is. There are so many places, but again, you've you've curated it in my opinion just beautifully because it's not overwhelming to look at. But there's some of those places where you just go you've got some of the real traditionals and then you've got some of the what I would call the more modernists and and it's a lovely eclectic look at afternoon teas and I just wonder if you got, yeah, got, got some chance to go and experience some of them and or if there was any insights or takeaways you got from it definitely so afternoon tea is such a quintessential part of like when people visit the UK they're like oh we have to do afternoon tea we need to do afternoon tea and um, we've been, I've been to uh, so many afternoon teas here um, from <laughs> the very, very, and yeah, you, you definitely like hit the nail on the head from like the very modern to the very like classic. And I think you, I wanted to create a map where, because it is, it can, it, it's expensive. Okay. Let's just be fair. Afternoon yes. tea, if you're going out, you're probably minimum, there are some um, that may be like 35 pounds, but the majority of them are yeah. like. 60 70 mm. 80 pounds and and it can just is, keep going up from there <laughs> it can keep going up yeah you add add drinks add other things so it, it i wanted to create a map that like showed off kind of price ranges so that people yes. so it felt like accessible but then also like if you did want to splurge if you did want to do this like you can do these other things um and honestly like one of my favorite afternoon teas is one that isn't like necessarily super expensive and it was what it's one and um like cutter and squidge does they do a like a potions room kind of like a harry potter-esque afternoon Fantastic. tea that i think is like 50 pounds but then they also <laughs> just do like a regular afternoon tea that i think is like 35 pounds and it's like really really good Fantastic. get the afternoon tea experience no and it's such a lovely insight that that you're sharing there because i think it's so true that you just it's about having the experience uh, that you can reach yourself comfortably without overexerting the back pocket um, and, and look, Miss Yara, for the last sort of bit of fun, I say it's fun, but I actually think it's um, it's an it's a lovely insight into people. Um, and you have touched on back earlier about you, know, you did ballet um, growing up. So it'd be interesting to see if the, if the classical music falls into this category for you. But I always like to ask people, um, firstly, are you fueled by tea or are you fueled by maybe something else? Are you are you more of a, of a coffee drinker? Are you just a you know, good glass of juice? Or? I am fueled by water i am Good a lady. huge water drinker <laughs> <laughs> fantastic all right so then my question really is is you know you're sitting down for those rare moments where you get to just you know home alone bit of music on what type of of music or genre or artist would you be sort of gravitate towards for your time sierra that that's your uh, your piece of music for yourself i oh it's such a good question um I really, I really like like indie music. Um, okay. Like, you know, growing up in the, you know, being a teenager in the early 2000s, um, I love like Belle and Sebastian. Um, I, um, if I'm sitting down, I'm usually like, if I have time to myself, I'm usually reading a book because I absolutely love reading. But one of my favorite, when I'm like walking around London, if I'm just like walking on a walk by myself, I'll pop in like, I'll have like Belle and Sebastian radio on. Um and I love it. It just makes it's, it's fantastic. I like very relaxed, very I'm not, you know, it's not overly like dancey, but no. Um, but I I will also say we are we really like listening to um as a family, we like listening to a lot of pop music and a lot of musicals. My daughter right. is currently obsessed with Six, which is a oh, musical yes. about the six wives of Henry the Eighth. Like we did a road trip this summer 
and we listened to that album on repeat. I know all, I know every single song by heart now. By heart, um, well, you're ready to go. That's why I like the question of music. And, and obviously now knowing that you, you have had dance in your background, um, particularly ballet, I, I align with you very much there on that one. It's funny because you be- become something of, do you default to that classical music or are there things that you actually say to yourself, no, I you know, I prefer to go completely off stream, like, like you were saying, you know, things that are maybe, um, they're throwbacks really, aren't they, to almost our teenage years yeah. in some ways. You know, I do, I, I actually do. So if I'm, if I'm working on something uh, I will listen to classical music because I can't, I can't be someone that has like noise on. I, mean, I can have music, but I can't have like talking No, um, if I have to think. So I, I often will have classical music on um, and love classical music. And actually we were talking about, with my daughter about classical music the other day and she's like, what's classical music? And so we played some and she, after like five seconds, she was like, I don't like this. And I was like, wait, you have to listen. We have to think, how do, how does this making us feel? I was like, mm. classical music was written in this time where people, you know, and this is again, going back to like explaining and, you know, yes. wanting her to experience things. And so I was like, how does this make you feel? What do you think could be happening when we're listening to the song? And she's like, listening for a second. Like, Maybe because someone's going for a walk. And she's like, yeah, and they're walking through a forest and she comes up with this whole story and then the music gets a bit scary and she's like, oh, and now they're hiding because there's like something chasing them, you know, and so fun to like sit and think like, how does this make us feel? What are we thinking as we're like listening to this music? It's just building those little emotions, isn't it, as well? And and like you said, 100% the imagination is, is so huge. But I think classical music can do that a lot easier than other music. Oh, I just want to be relaxed while I'm doing this. You can just play some relaxing classical music or... Um, oh, I want to feel seasonal. You could listen to something like some Tchaikovsky Nutcracker or something. And I might do that if I'm illustrating some like Christmas maps. But Christmas. I, don't want to I was going to like, say, Christmas, yeah, Christmas music as, soon as, you, uh, as soon as you said Nutcracker, I was like, well, you, you've let loose your ballet for sure, because that's, uh, that's a 101 <laughs> for Christmas time, isn't it? Did you do much ballet out of curiosity, Sierra? Did, it, did you do it for a while? Or? Uh, I did it until I was a teenager. Uh, and then I hurt my foot. I think that's what happens with a lot of people. So um, I did it as a teenager and then I hurt my foot and stopped for a bit. And then um, I did it at university just for fun, not Mm. not like um, just like classes for um, just for fun, not for to take your mind off of the incredibly serious studies that you were doing. Yeah. I think I needed art. I think I needed art credit. I think I had to have some art credit. And I was like, oh. I will do ballet because all you had to do was just go to the class. Like you didn't. Have, there was no extra work. So it was so like, funny. Is it workout. just brings back? Yeah. Can, no. Yeah. I did it mine too, and I did it for exactly the same reason. But um, yeah, I, I've got to no, be really, honest. It yeah. was yeah. It was a complete. I, I had done ballet from two and a half. I, I became a classical ballet teacher for RAD and for London and I just what I mean is I did the I was at university for something completely different and then obviously to you get the credits in my opinion it was easier to get the credits than it was maybe taking on something else because I loved it so much it's not because I was I was in the back cheating um it just it felt like a very easy way to top those uh top those old credit points up (laughs) an enjoyable easier way I mean and I I love doing it I actually made a really good friend um from doing from doing that class too but it was yeah highly enjoyable maybe when your little one gets older um you might be able that be my, another little map that you could do with her is is some of the ballet in and around london because particularly some of the shows might be it might be something that she really enjoys yeah. come later I'm on actually so she well she so you have to be five to go to the nutcracker and she turns mm. five next month which like how do i have a five-year-old i don't know an almost five-year-old but i'm taking <laughs> i book tickets for her and i to go see 
the Nutcracker. So I'm going to take oh. her because she she's done ballet also since, well, she had a bit of a break during the pandemic, but she started doing, we did Mommy and Me ballet when she oh, was little fabulous. and she still does ballet. So I'm very excited to take her. Oh, it'll be a see, wonderful experience. I'm going to have to message you to see how that went because I'm I'm doing the same. I'm very much waiting with mine until she's of an age where we, we understand or just can appreciate how to sit for that long as well, which is not um, not where a two-year-old's at. But um, no, I, I really look forward Definitely to hearing not. <laughs> I have this aspiration of taking her and not from a pushy point of view I just think she's so um, they're so dramatic at that age and there's so much going on in, in a theatre sense isn't there that can the music the lights they usually drop snow from the ceiling and you know it's all these wonderful things that you want to share with the little one but it has to be when the time is right so um, no I, I exactly. really and pushing, you- pushing it will just make it uh, it'll just be too much on it's you, a negative absolutely it will be out in the first half which is actually not my favorite half ironically of the nutcracker i far prefer the second half so <laughs> unless i'm prepared to take her in uh halfway through that's <laughs> that's the only other option but look i cannot begin to thank you enough sierra and i know i've only just scratched the surface with you i know there's so many more wonderful insights but hopefully we can call it part one and um and we can touch base again later on down the track particularly you know maybe uh, as we get uh, a little bit of round two going on which I, I really am excited about and I, I, I hope everybody um, who has supported you thus far continues to keep looking out for what is this part two that we were talking about so fondly so thank you for your time today so much Sierra it's beautiful to oh, talk to you thank you so much for having me thank you thank you to uncover more about the wonderful Sierra and her business London Block by Block including her website new book and our latest journal entry at TLC please find all the links in the description below as always thank you so much for joining me today for this wonderful conversation I hope you get a chance to put the kettle on and I'll see you soon